Welcome inside the coach's room. Every week we talk to elite coaches and backroom staff about their experiences, how they develop and how they develop their players. So something I've learned uh, recently is that uh, learning doesn't start with motivation. Motivation comes from learning. Unless the learning is of poor quality, then it diminishes motivation. But if the quality is of a high level, it just increases motivation and people want to take more and more and more because of that. You are now listening to part two of the discussion we had with Antal Vergeer. If you haven't listened to part one yet, which is episode 55, then I would really recommend you to do this first. In this part, we continue our discussion on coach education and we also discuss the value of coach education points or credit system. Enjoy part two of the discussion we had with Antal Vergeer. So that's what I also mean with non-contextual, right? We create activities and we think players fully understand what we mean by it and can transfer that to the complexity of the game, which they can because the brain doesn't work like that. And I'm I'm not saying there is not a time and place for unopposed activities. That is always the exception to the rule, but then you have a clear purpose for it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because I am 100% sure that every coach still... uh, um, does his his pack, passing and kicking games or whatever and there's i don't think there's nothing wrong with that but even then you can already put sub sub principles or very small details that you can use later on in the total or in the in the exercise or you or you're saying mm, it's a little bit there's not enough context there either no okay and um so that, that's why the brain is so interesting and i'm starting to dive into the development of the brain more and more because if you start to understand how the brain works, you also start to understand that certain activities just doesn't make sense. The brain doesn't perceive the same thing, doesn't store the same information that actually happens in, in the game. Or it stores information that is not relevant for in the game. Um, Can you give an example? Because I'm thinking about the player that 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 creates space away from a cone uh uh in a passing kick game or he has to create space for himself in a in let's say in a real game is that what is that the context that you're talking about and that the, or, yeah. where the brain is completely experiencing a difference yeah there is a, it is completely different of course but yeah because first and foremost the coach tells the players what to do because the exercise is designed to tell the players what to do there's no flexibility in decision making Hey, you need to step away from the cone and then you get the ball played in this direction and then you play to player C. And so there's the player's brain is not provoked in filtering complex information to actually execute the decision. If you do the same thing, but you put one, let's say you play four against one, um, that player still needs to step back to open his body to receive the ball to play forward. But the difference now is that every time the player needs to do it, it's in a different, slightly different context because of where his or her teammates are positioned or where the opponent is at that point. 
that means that the brain is now provoked to constantly adapt to the situation and make the best decision possible. There's still a concept connected to it. So for us, it's we need to coach a concept. And the concept is if you can turn your body, if you step away from the defender, you have more space and time to actually play forward. That's a concept. I can understand a concept. A player, a young player can understand a concept. But I cannot tell the player in every single situation how the player needs to do that. The reason for that is that one situation will never, ever happen the exact same again. So why would I coach an individual player in helping him or her to understand how to execute it if I already know that specific situation will never, ever happen again? It's just a waste of time. So I need to coach that concept. And then the player needs to adapt to the situation. The brain needs to adapt to the situation based on knowing that concept. So if we bring players in that situation more often than without that opponent, the brain brain will adapt quicker to those constant changing situations, make higher quality decisions or filter higher quality information and therefore you make higher quality decisions and you can execute those. So for me, that is a huge difference between opposed and unopposed. So context versus no, no context. Okay. Now um, I hear uh, five out of 10 coaches in your coach room saying, yeah, but we need to show them the technique first. Yeah. So I have 16 players on my team. So if I do a, you call it a kicking exercise. I call it a sure. kicking exercise as well. If all my players do the exam exercise, I'm actually saying all my players cannot either kick the ball or control the ball or whatever I want to do with that exercise. Well, that is nonsense, of course, because out of that 16 players, I guarantee you more than half of it already can do that. So what you're actually doing now is you're undertraining your players. Okay, give me one logical reason why I would undertrain my players. I don't think there is any, right? So, um, again, for me, it's the exception to the rule. I coach a U17, my son's team. Yeah, there are players who can actually get the ball from A to B pretty easily, and there are players who cannot. Okay, do I now design an activity Sorry, for the player seven, who cannot? Sorry, U17, huh? not U17, U17. Seven, yeah, U7. Seven. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, do I now create an activity for those players who cannot, or do I create an activity and try to manipulate the environment so everybody in that environment can learn from it? And if a player still cannot get the ball from A to B, or two players, maybe now, okay, grab those two players, the exception to the rule. Okay, let's do it in a non-context first before I bring you back in the in the context, but. It is never the starting point. And unfortunately, a lot of coaches use this as a starting point. And it's under-training your players. And I don't see the end. any. doesn't make sense to me to under-train my players. I agree. It gets me thinking. Every time I do a podcast, I think, okay, I need to think more about how, it, how I did things. It's a constant evaluation on how I was on the pitch and how I, how I designed the sessions. Because in the end, that's where it comes down to. So applying... Let's say that you're sharing this knowledge to a lot of coaches, okay? And think, okay, how can I apply this in my in every session? Because the easiest thing is, yeah, okay, now I know it, and then I will try it. But sit down and maybe 
look at everything that you've did and how could have I changed it to a context? Yeah. Because, okay, we're all busy. We sometimes just want an easy session because we're, we just want, we just want the sessions to flow. Uh, so you can go back into your old routines, which is choosing or become no, old habits. Let's call it like that. But in, I know for sure that every coach can apply this more. In every yeah, and, and, but what's more easier than just to give them the game and let them play the game? Everybody understands sure. that. And, sure. and what you see is when you create those over complex, non contextual activities on a post, the players are in the thinking mode. And when they start to get into the thinking mode, then things become really complicated for the coach as well. You don't, you don't want to bring them in a conscious thinking sure. mode because the game is, un, is unconscious. What you do is unconscious. 95% of what we do daily life is unconscious. So, just give them a game. Let them play 2v2, 3v3, 4v4, 5v5. Everybody understands that. They don't have to think about it. So it's easier for the coach to organize that than those over-complex activities where everybody thinks, oh, which direction do I need to go? And at some point, everybody gets bored and do something else. And now you have to work even harder as a coach. So I think yeah. it's contradictive. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there are great nuggets here. Um, the... Um, we were talking about coach education before we started and I wrote one question down before we even started talking uh, before this session, you're a coach, coach educate, who educated you? <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, but coaches educate me, uh, student coaches educate me. So, uh, I'm, I had a couple of people in the Netherlands, of course, and when I started with the federation and uh, and and moved my way up there, uh, who really supported me and, and really looked up to and 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 um, yeah, and guided me in who I am today. But in the end, I truly believe that I myself was a huge part of where I am today, because I can always look at others and rely on others. But in the end, it's my responsibility to do better than I did yesterday. So I really like to research things, although I'm not a big fan of reading, but I like to research things and then see, okay, what can I do with it within the course, for example, but also within my role as a coach. So um, before we started recording, you also said, hey, I'm, I'm always open to new things. I want to learn. And um, I think and hopefully being a coach, everybody wants to do that, right? Because that is what you expect from your players as well. You want your players to learn and you want to take them to take responsibility for their own learning. If that's the case, it needs to start with you. You cannot lead others without leading yourself. So uh, developing yourself um, and every day I learn. Every day I understand how much I don't know. Um, that's, for example, I just gave you the example of the brain. The brain for me is is a new area I want to dive into because I think it's so intriguing. It's so interesting to see how it impacts coaching. And I became a better coach on understanding how the brain works. So, but every day something comes along my way that I think, Oh, that's interesting. Let me dig into that. Yeah. It's, it's not even a coincidence, but I, I, my alarm just went off because it's four thirty here. And I, I said to myself yesterday <laughs> that every day at four thirty, I, I will take the time to evaluate the day and write down my goals for the next day. There you go. Because, and actually, while you were talking before the alarm went off, I think that's the thing as a coach, because you said, okay, I educated. Well, people helped me, inspired me, but in the end, you educate yourself. 
like Snoop Dogg said, when he got an award, I want to thank myself before for for become becoming the star that I am. Um, and in this case, is develop developing yourself as a coach. One of the hardest things as a coach is finding the time to evaluate. I don't know how you experience this, but uh, especially when we're talking about coaches that maybe work four or five teams are always on the go. But yeah, even you, you burn when you're, out. sorry, you burn out. You burn, yeah. So yeah. evaluating is one, but also finding the time or or creating the time for yourself to uh, to to evaluate every match. So if you had a match afterwards, there were parents. Um, uh, you had to talk to maybe some players, and then oh shit, I have to go home because yeah, my wife, kids, whatever is waiting. Yep. And then the, so evaluating yourself is in my assumption, but also in my belief, one of the biggest uh, 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 moment or the most important to grow, but it's all, also the hardest for a football coach. Yep. Yeah, so there are a lot of, first of all, there are a lot of reflection tools out there that you can use. And a reflection tool gives you structure in, in how you reflect. Yeah? So it becomes a habit. So at some point, you don't have to think about it, how you do it. Um, you don't need an alarm, alarm anymore. Yeah, all, I think you still need your alarm just to keep yourself accountable, probably. Sure. Um, um, but my best moments of reflection were when I'm driving back home. In that half an hour or 20 minutes when you're driving, that was for me looking back at certain things and thinking about it. And it doesn't mean I always had to write things down because if I think about it, it's still up there in my, in my brain and, and I remember it. And I can take it to the next day and say, yeah, how can I change what I did yesterday based on my reflection? So those for me were uh, the best moments. Music on, in my zone, thinking about it. Um, but I also you also need to prioritize things. You cannot reflect on everything and your brain goes into overload, right? And then it doesn't become fun anymore as well. So having clear goals for yourself saying, Hey, this week, I really want to work on this. And then I reflect on that every single day or every other day uh, will help you to keep doing it. You cannot change everything in one week. You cannot change yourself uh, in one week. Right? So you need to prioritize in, okay, what do I focus on right now? Okay. You gave an example, uh, parents. Okay. After the game, I always have, uh, struggles with the parents. Okay, I don't want that anymore. Okay, so let me focus this that on this week. How can I approach parents differently? Uh, what do I need to do? And then I reflect on that. So you zoom in on something and then you become better in that something and then you move on to the next something. Coaches, sorry for the interruption. Besides the coaches room, I run another company called Football Tours. This is a full service touring company and we organize pre-season and winter training camps for professional football teams. We do this for both senior and youth teams and we take care of everything. Hotel, training accommodation, friendly matches, whatever you need we give youth teams the opportunity to train at the best youth academies of the Netherlands. Academies like PSV, Feyenoord, AZ Alkmaar and the KNVB 
you can train there with your team. So if you are a professional coach, you need to organize your training camp. Or if you have a youth team and you want to train at the best facilities in the best academies of the Netherlands, go to footballtours.com. And now pay attention, tours is with a Z. So footballtours.com. Make it into two golden nuggets so far. No, there's a lot more uh, we already discussed. But so preparing, no, preparing or having a plan. That was the first thing you came up. As a and plan is based on identity or on your philosophy, and which is in the end worked out in the game model. Uh, we can go into all the layers um, and evaluate your plan. Those are the two. It's we we have, we're talking about coaching, but we haven't really discussed any technical aspect. No, we only discuss. Maybe maybe we discussed how to become better as a coach without saying that this was the subject. Preparation slash planning and evaluation are two key key points in becoming better. It's in everything in life, okay? That's very easy to say, but yep. for a soccer coach, is very important as well. And we actually use what we call a coaching process, or you could also call it a, a, a training process or a teaching process. There are a couple of steps in that process that we utilize in our courses. So it always starts with an assessment. An assessment of something. I need to assess my players' needs. I need to assess my team needs. I need to assess my periodization plan. Where am I? And based on that assessment, I identify goals and objectives. Then I implement and monitor those goals and objectives. And so I'm actually doing something. And afterwards, I analyze and reflect, which brings me to a new, what you call a reassessment. And then you go through the circle again. A really important uh, process. And what happens is People go to implement a monitor. They implement something, but they haven't assessed and I really identified goals and objectives. So what are you actually now implementing? If you haven't assessed something, if you haven't identified goals and objectives, and what are you now actually re analyzing and reflecting if you don't have a clear uh, path where you came from? So going through that circle every single time is really important and not just do the daily light things. Oh, I'm at the traffic light. Okay, what will I do today? Um, you know how it's, it goes. It's right? creating a playing style for your team without knowing your players. Is that an example? Yeah, you could say like that. So you you come at which, which is I think a common. Well, I don't know. It's common, but it's a mistake coach make. You have your own identity and you just paste it on on your context without really. Okay, can my players do this? Or are they ready for it? Do I have the type of players for this? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very clear. I think we had a, a nice course so far. Free course? <laughs> <laughs> Free course. Well, creating courses and uh, and um, creating uh, coach education. CPD. You had, I don't know what the words were standing, what the, um, the CDP and the D stand for anymore. Uh, continuous professional development yeah so you're creating now as part as a new part in your role i think creating um new content or you're thinking about content for coaches to to stay updated on knowledge which is a, which is a new part well it's just a new part in your role yes you were saying it's also relatively new in the usa it is so like a lot of countries, we have a formal pathway. 
grassroots courses are DCBA courses or pro courses. So that's the formal pathway. But we don't have a program next to that for the non-formal slash informal learning environment. Um, so when people want to become better coaches, if they come to us, the only thing they can do right now is go through the formal pathway. And not everybody wants to do that, which is perfectly fine. And uh, But at some point, somebody hits their ceiling and they don't want to progress to the A course. And, and most of them don't even go to the A course or the pro course, right? Because those are limited. Um, but we don't want it to stop for them. And there's a lot of outside in uh, out there in the world, right? So uh, this is an example. It's, it's recognizable for everybody. So you're, you're working yeah. on a certain level. Maybe you don't have the ambition or the chances. You either get stuck or you do something to keep educating yourself. Correct. And and we just don't want to do it for the, the high-end coaches, the high-level coaches. We want to do it for everybody. Everybody who is involved in the soccer community. So that's coaches, that is referees, that is educators, that is potentially play yourself, right? We want to also be a hub for players to go to. If they want to know something, can we deliver that? Uh, parents, for example, um, maybe in the future, talent scouts, goalkeepers. Um, so we want to be a platform outside of the formal learning pathway where people just can find the information, can learn, can take courses, um, can join webinars, whatever it is, um, as part of their continuous professional development. Yeah. You had uh, people inspire you and, uh, and you yourself probably had the motivation uh, to do this. Um, but how do you say this politically or politically correct? Some people need a push. <laughs> um, and um, one of the ways uh, to do this is yeah, to award points to continuous development. Yep. And this is the way that is common in, in the Netherlands, at least. Um, you were thinking, you were saying, we were discussing, okay, we're looking into this and, and see how we can, can, can implement this, or maybe we should implement this because the rest of the world already did. What is your um, idea on that system? Because the system also creates a certain type of behavior. Uh, people do it because they have to do it and then they're off, blah, blah, blah. I have a strong opinion, which is not so relevant at this point. But um, what do you, what's your idea on, on this? Yeah, I see your point that I do continuous professional development because I need to do continuous professional development instead of yeah, I, I need want to get to do continuous because I get the license. If I don't yeah. get the license, I don't get a job and blah, blah, blah. So there's no intrinsic motivation yeah. to become better. Yeah, I can, I see that. Um, on the other hand, the reason why the world does it, not only us, we're going to start it in 23, by the way, is um, that at least when you hire a coach and their, their license is active, you can at least say now, okay, this coach is up to date, didn't do his license like oh, his, his course like uh, 25 years ago and then nothing after that. But because they constantly need to renew it, at least they're up to date. Yeah. What does that say about how people actually took that information and how they learned? You don't know, right? Because it's, it's the responsibility of the individual to develop themselves. But at least you can say that that person didn't sit still 
they did something to okay to get some whether, knowledge whether to they had to or not they still did it yeah they still did it yeah, yeah. And, and i don't i don't think you can again we don't focus on the people who do it because they need to do sure. it we focus on the people who really want to do it and i guarantee you there are a lot of people out there who really want to become better coaches and it's our job to provide quality if we don't provide quality then i understand that people don't want to do this if it's not quality why would i do it so it's a big responsibility on us to provide quality content quality learning opportunities uh, so people are getting motivated to learn more uh, so something i've learned uh, recently is that uh, learning doesn't start with motivation motivation comes from learning unless the learning is of poor quality, then it diminish motivation. But if the quality is of a high level, it just increases motivation and people want to take more and more and more because of that. So instead of looking at, hey, people are not motivated, how can we create quality? So motivation goes up. The word goes around and saying, hey, you know what? US soccer has really great courses. It's something you really need to do. Yeah. Um, then... And then people will be more intrinsic motivated and don't care about license renewal that much, but are more concerned about their own development, which leads to license renewal, which is just now an outcome of it. Yeah. So you create, let's say, the first step in the rabbit hole and then they get sparked by it. Okay, I want to know more. I want to get deeper. And then in the ideal world, this is the way that you get people that were not motivated at, the, at let's say, at the start because they have to do it and you pull them almost into motivation. Yep. Coaches, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. You can help us with reaching more listeners. Subscribe to the podcast or rate us in your favorite podcast player. But if you really want to help us, share a post or story on your social media on instagram linkedin twitter or facebook if you share a post about us on social media and you tag us i will personally make sure that you will get access to our best rated masterclass on our website so subscribe rate us or share a post and make sure you tag the coach Just as an example, you're familiar, familiar with Raymond Verheyen and yeah, sure. his courses. So I did, I did the online one year mentoring course. What was it? Two years ago. Yeah. That gave me so much inspiration and new ideas and new information that I yeah, inspired me to look up and study it and find more. And, um, but because it's quality. And if it's quality, people want to know more. So again, uh, yeah. big responsibility is on our shoulders to provide quality. So well, I think that's where you hit hit um, the right button because it is your responsibility. The interesting thing is, what would be the situation if it's not there at all? So what would be the situation if there's no licenses and there will be no uh, uh, points to award and let's call it a free market. Um, and th I think that's always the, the, um, 
that's no, that's the extreme discussion. So it football being a football coach is let's say a regulated job because you get you have to get the licenses, you have to uh, in some countries or most countries you have to get your points because to keep to uphold your license, which is a form of regulations to uphold the standard. Um what would happen if you would take away all the regulation? It would become, let's say, a free job as a sales agent, like a sales agent, I mean. Um, would would the standard be as high? Would the would the same people come up, or would it be a completely different different job? Um, what what do you saying, mean exactly with free? Um, to make sure. I'm so let's say correctly. now, uh, if you are if you want to work at a certain level, you have to have a certain degree. Yep. And uh, if you would let's say, if you would say, okay, no, we're gonna remove all regulation anybody can work at any level at any time you don't need a degree like being you, an need, you know you don't need an a diploma or a b diploma to for example i'm i'm, yeah. I'm exaggerating of course but yep. um uh like being an entrepreneur you don't need anything to be an entrepreneur some and the best will become the, the best ones or the good ones will become uh now people will be, be either good or bad and it will select itself um that's the opposite of of the system as it is there now and i'm not i'm i'm i don't know where i am to be fair sometimes i i lean to the extreme situation of non regulation or sometimes i lean because you have a fair point it is also a responsibility of the associations to uphold the level of football yeah it's an interesting discussion it is for sure and you you confront me now with this so I need to think about it a bit more. To, oh, was, I didn't mean to push. Yeah, I know, but, but thinking about it. So now I'm talking through my experiences and not saying those are true, but based on my experiences, I, I truly see that coaches need education um, because the, and again, education, it's not about the curriculum or the content it's about who's in front of you. So the educator is the most important piece in this process. If the, if we have really good content and really good curriculum, but we have a, a very low quality educator, then the learning will be of low quality. So we realize that. Um, but there's a huge lack of structure within coaches in general, meaning that doesn't mean I've played. I understand how I need to coach. You need to have education. It's the same that if my, if I, if I bring my kid to school, not everybody can be a teacher. You, there's, there's theories, there's thought process, there's logic behind it in how you educate kids. I'm not saying what we do right now is the best way of doing it. Um, so that I still believe there needs to be education. Maybe you can debate. Yeah. What is connected to what level? Why is, um, third division, for example, connected to a B, UEFA B license. Uh, what, what is, how do you, so that's maybe the debate you can have, but yeah, not having, and not having a license system, meaning not having clear education pathway, I would say will not benefit the, um, the quality of the coaches and the learning process of the coaches, I would say. Uh, I, I, I completely agree that education you need to learn how to be a coach uh you need to experience it you need to develop yourself to become a good coach because 
but but now because I think it's also true because you hear professional players that had huge statuses as as, as a player saying, yeah yeah, for them it's almost a boundary to to become a, a better player. For example, Wesley um, says, uh, "I need a tailor-made a path, tailor-made pathway." Um, if you would um, leave it open, I think in the end, let's say that free market would create that these top players that become a coach eventually find out that you need to learn it or the other way around clubs that hire them are going to learn, okay, we need educated coaches. So it works both ways in my, okay, here I'm, yeah. here I'm going with my opinion, yeah. which I should have kept in front of me. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, but that's, also, that's also that, that also, that's also, so there's a way that it's relatively easy, but still, if you work your way up, you're still going to learn. And also the people that hire you that you can still you can still better choose for that educated coaches that chose in that in that point it's a choice to have educated himself. Yeah, and you're referring to ex professionals, and those are just a, a, a very small percentage of all no, the coaches. I, in the I world. agree, but, uh, but it, yeah. it, every time I hear that discussion, it gets me thinking. And well, you are the first one in the podcast that I really get going on this. So well, maybe we'll do it another time. But no, but I, I think it's did, such did, an did, interesting I, job. But such an interesting. Um, uh, system and it really influences how everybody acts. Yeah, I think in the end everybody will figure out that education is needed. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. But the, yeah so, so if if we already know the outcome of that, we might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I did, I did I recently did the B uh, for X or for current professionals here in the US. It's a really really fun course to do. Um, and they need more education and in regards to less education because they step, they're still on the field or they just stepped off the field. They don't have a clue what's going on in the coaching room. In the back, yeah, in the back room stuff. And, yeah, and that is what they figured out right now. And some actually said, this is, this is nothing for me. I'm not going to do this. I it's didn't realize that it's a 24 seven. <laughs> yes, it's a 24 seven job. If you want to be at the highest level, it's, more than a 24-7 job. It dictates your life. And they don't see it because they come to the club, they train, uh, they mess around a bit in the in the locker room and they go home again. And that's it. But they don't see that the coach and the coaching staff uh, are still analyzing and doing this and doing this and doing this. Um, so I really, yeah, if we already know it's needed, why don't we do it then? So, um, and, but, but just to touch on you, we don't think that we are the only ones who need to provide learning. So that's not what we think. So we will collaborate with, with our members. We have a lot of members that are connected to us in the U.S. And we'll give them an opportunity to be aligned with us and provide continuous professional development, which they can use for coaches with a CBA pro license uh, to award continuous education units. So that's how we call it in regards to the license renewal. So we are fully aware of that. We cannot do it by ourselves because it's just too big. So we invite others. And of course, there is an application process because it needs to be connected to our sure. curriculum. Because if you have an A license, it's based Stands on specific sure curriculum. So yeah, not sure. every CPD is connected to that. So I'm not saying that other CPD cannot be helpful, but it will not lead to license renewal. So we give opportunities for uh, external education providers to connect with us and, and, and organize it as well. Okay. 
I, I really like uh, the way you approach the discussion and also like the way you nuanced my opinion because I'm, I, I'd like to think extreme, but you are right. If in the end, I think you're completely right. In the end, if we know that education is the solution on becoming better, you might as well, you might as well help them. That's maybe the better word instead of regulating. Helping is maybe the even better word. Um, so thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, it's been a masterclass anyway, so far. Uh, well, uh, at least that's my opinion. Let's see what our <laughs> listeners uh, think, but, uh, uh, are you on social media or are you, can they find you or reach out to you? Or yeah, I'm not a social media guy because it takes up too much time for my day. <laughs> I agree. I, I have LinkedIn, so people okay. can find me well, on LinkedIn. Otherwise they can reach out to us if they maybe have some more questions sure. or, uh, like any coach educator, you're probably uh, open to this as well. Um, and before we go uh, to the last question, uh, or before we go to the end, uh, we have a last question. And that is, uh, uh, who should we talk to next? I have a couple of people on my list. And, and, and there are so many people in the world, right? If you want to, want to but um, I'm getting more, uh, more knowledge and more involved in the, uh, the women's game. Yeah, and and everybody can see it's evolving really quickly, and um, with a lot of good of good professionals in that in that world as well. And um, I've heard Emma Hayes talk quite a lot in in, in other podcasts, and, and I'm really intrigued in in her vision and her philosophy and her ideas. So I think she would be a really Coach good, Chelsea. yep, a good addition to uh, to to your podcast as well. Um, recently, and I'm going to my Dutch roots now. Recently, spoke with uh, Dennis Becking. Sure. Dennis is working in Malaysia right now, and, and we oh, got a new job or something. I, th I yeah. think I saw, you saw a post of you liking something that he did. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, and he works in a really interesting culture, Asia. And I'm not saying that all the countries in Asia are the same, but it's a different culture than we are used to, and. We had a conversation about it, and I was really, really interested by how he managed that and how he dealt with that because it's 180 degrees different from how we are as Dutch people. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it would be really interesting to hear and speak about his, yeah, his experiences, but how he managed um, working and living in that culture. Yeah. And a person I don't know well enough yet, I never met him, but I see a lot of interesting things from him, is uh, Roger uh, Bongaert. He's... Head of Academy already of Face of had him on the podcast. Oh, you already had him on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, so I need, to, I need to listen to that. interesting more. guy. Yeah. We yeah. talked about Generation Z and how the way he approaches this with his club and from his personal philosophy. But it's a very interesting guy. And well, if you're talking about an experienced guy in a specific context, club with not a huge budget, but still having a decent professional academy, I think yeah. it's a very interesting story. Yeah. Okay, I've wrote them all down, and otherwise we just take Roger for the second time. He has enough to share. Uh, for so, sure. Okay, um, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. And um, I think if you're in the car, maybe you should have stopped a couple of times and, uh, and wrote some things down. But if you're, uh, if you're listening this, if you have listened to this while you were working, I bet you stopped working because there were a lot of good moments in here. Thank you very much, Antal. All good. Thanks. Thank 
you for listening to this episode of Inside the Coach's Room. Make sure to subscribe or rate us in your favorite podcast player or share this episode on your social media and we will make sure that you will get access to the best webinar that's available on our website. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I would be happy to connect. Thank you.